0: It's the art of war, how to handle emotional abuse. Grab a friend, grab a seat, and come on in. Let's talk about it. My name is Leah Huggins. I'm a wife, a mother, and a proud U.S. Navy veteran. After two tours to Iraq, my husband was diagnosed with PTSD. My world spiraled out of control as fear, anxiety, doubt, and depression took over. I gave my life to Christ, Took on a new mindset and let go of the negativity of my past. I now help wives to find healing, encouragement, and strategy to overcome the effects of PTSD on their daily lives and in their marriage. So come on in and let's talk about it. Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. This is the place where we empower women to support their spouse through PTSD without losing themselves in the process. I'm your host, Coach Leah, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. So today we're gonna talk about a topic that is most likely going to resonate with you. And it's gonna hit home for a lot of listeners out there, okay? We're gonna be talking about emotional abuse, all right? How do you recognize it? What do you do about it? And most important, how do you heal from it? Now, emotional abuse is different than any other type of abuse. And I believe that out of all the types of abuse there are, emotional abuse is going to be the worst, okay? It's the most damaging and it has the most impact and effect on somebody's life. So long gone are the days where we used to use the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me or your names will never hurt me. (laughs) This is so far from the truth, okay? Words are the worst. (laughs) They can be more hurtful and more damaging than a fist and the effects can be devastating and long lasting. Just because they're not putting their hands on you, it doesn't mean that it's not abuse. It's just not a physical abuse. We may not recognize it, but emotional abuse is more common than you would expect it to be, okay? I did some research and I found that one in four women have experienced emotional abuse by their partner at least since the age of 15, 15. And within these emotionally abusive relationships, Threatening and degrading behaviors were more commonly experienced, and things like financial stress and living with a psychological disability like PTSD, they were all associated with higher rates of partner abuse. Over half of the women that experienced a partner emotional abuse also experienced a physical or some sort of sexual violence by a partner. So, of course, when you hear the word abuse, you would think that everyone would automatically know what it is like. They would be able to recognize it. And they would, of course, not allow themselves to be in a situation where any type of abuse was going on. But what I found is, is that a lot of women stay in abusive relationships because they don't realize that they're in one. Abuse is subtle. It comes on slow. And by the time you realize and accept that you're in an abusive relationship, you're already deep in it. So that's why it's important to be able to recognize the signs and to be able to identify the many types of abuse that are out there. The first thing we need to do is to define exactly what we mean when we're talking about emotional abuse. All right. So in a nutshell, emotional abuse would be any pattern of behavior that is not physical that is meant to control, to isolate, or to frighten you. Okay. The goal is simply to get you to bend to the will of the abuser. The end game is control. That's all they want is to control you they're trying to diminish your self-esteem and your confidence and to make you dependent on them for validation and security. But this behavior is really based on their fear. All right. They have a fear of you leaving them. They have a fear of you realizing that you don't need them. And in their own twisted way, their abuse of you validates them in their own eyes, you know, in the, in the fact that they have to have control over someone and that they're constantly get their way with them. Now, the truth is they are really acting out of fear, okay? The pain that they inflict is because somewhere down the line, they were a victim. They were rejected, they were abandoned, or they were emotionally hurt or abused themselves. Somewhere in their past, they were emotionally wounded and they haven't sought help or healing for it, okay? They were not validated, most likely as a child, and they didn't process the pain correctly. And now in an effort to soothe themselves and to take the pressure off of themselves, themselves and validate themselves and make them big in their own eyes. They lash out at you and treat you terrible in order to break you down just as they've experienced. Okay. You know how the saying goes, hurt people, hurt people. All right. This is just a classic textbook case of this same thing. And lashing out at you is actually a release for them. And the problem is, is that this can keep happening and it can go on so long and not be dealt with and it becomes normalized. Like it's just something that happens around here. It is what it is. Okay. (laughs) And you won't realize how bad it is until somebody on the outside points it out to you. And this can be embarrassing. You don't actually know that you're in abuse and you continue to make excuses for it. Thinking that it's not as bad as it could be. He's not hitting me. So it's not really abuse. No, it is abuses. To simplify it, my definition of emotional abuse is where the abuser takes the mind of the victim and turns it into a weapon and uses it against them in order to strip them of their power and to gain control and exert their authority over them. Again, it's all about power. So what makes a person vulnerable to emotional abuse? Why does it happen to some women and not to others? So to begin with, abuse doesn't just happen to women, you know, that have low self-esteem or women that are poor or not financially stable or a weak-minded women. It can happen to the best of us, the strongest, the most wealthy, all of us. Some women don't leave because they don't believe that they fit the description of an abused woman. All right. Let me take this moment also to say that I recognize that abuse happens to men as well, especially emotional abuse, because as women... (laughs) our words can be weapons. All right. I understand this, but the intended audience of this show is mostly women. So that's who I choose to focus on today with this topic. Okay. Men, if you're listening, I'm sure that you can find yourself in this conversation and will find value in it as well. Okay. I appreciate our male listeners. (laughs) All right. So when it comes to emotional abuse, it's really about power control, and manipulation. The abuser simply wants you to act and to behave and to think and respond to them in the way that they want you to do all of that. This is why threats are one of the main tactics that are used in abuse, okay? It's used to force someone to submit to your will. The abuser is really insecure and has low self-esteem and they're looking for fulfillment and validation from outside of themselves. The bottom line is that they want something from you, all right? They need you in order to feed their ego. They want your validation, even if they have to force you to give it to them. This makes them feel important and heard and respected. All the same validation that they would get if they went about doing it the right way, okay? So by forcing someone to do what they want by using tactics like guilt and shame and fear, they end up feeding their ego and they feel validated and they feel fulfilled, all right? Now, we know that dealing with PTSD as a spouse is also going to mean dealing with anger and aggression issues. All right. There's going to be explosive outbursts that seem to come out of nowhere. Um, And there's going to be a lot of moments of what I call intense fellowship, (laughs) where you're arguing and you have trouble seeing things out of eye, you know, and sometimes it can get downright ugly. Okay. There is just simply a lot that we're exposed to because of our position as the wife, as the wife, we are the one that's close To them. And that's just the reality of it. You know, you hurt the one that you love. Unfortunately, that's the way the saying goes. You hurt the one that you love. Okay. Now, there are going to be times that your spouse will not be the easiest one to get along with. Okay. And even though the anger can sometimes be misplaced, because as I've said before, the anger outburst is never for nothing. All right. There's always something that they're actually mad over, um, but it's true. It can be misplaced and he'll lash out at you for one thing when it's really something else that's bothering him. Okay. But my point is, is that what you will learn is that PTSD simply allows them to take the filter off. And this is what makes for a lot of uncomfortable and painful situations that we end up going through. But we have to draw a line, okay? There's a difference between going through a hard time with your spouse and putting up with their crap (laughs) versus being in a totally dysfunctional, toxic, abusive relationship. And the reality is, is that sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the two because they're so similar and at times they feel very much the same. The goal in an argument is to get your point across to win the argument, okay, at all costs. (laughs) Now, I'll admit this always doesn't bring out the best behavior in us. In fact, you know, it can bring out the worst in us. And some people are highly skilled in the art of debate, okay, I like to call them verbal assassins. (laughs) They're just wordsmiths that know how to put them together and to take aim and obliterate their opponent, (laughs) all right? Now, that's just one thing. But it crosses the line to abuse when the things that are said and done are purposely said and done to diminish a person's self-esteem or their confidence. And it just doesn't happen one time. It's a pattern of repeated behavior. It keeps happening. And in some cases, it keeps getting worse the longer it goes on. So how do you know if you are in an emotionally abusive relationship? what does it look like? Okay. It's important that you be able to know and to recognize the signs. Okay. Now, as I said before, abuse comes on slow and it gets progressively worse with time. All right. So in, in my opinion, emotional abuse is a gateway to other types of abuse. All right. It starts with the words. Okay. And then the words begin to sink in the mind of the victim. And eventually. When they hear it enough from the abuser and then they begin to hear it in their own head, they begin to believe the lies. So then it gets in their heart and it's the heart that governs the behavior. And then at that point, emotional abuse will eventually become physical abuse. Okay, let me tell you something. If they're bold enough to put their finger in your face, then they will be bold enough to hit you. Okay, know the signs. But I will say it doesn't start out like that, okay? They have to check you out first to see what you're willing to accept, all right? They're studying you to find out what weapons they can use against you in order to gain control over you. They use tools like fear and shame and guilt, you know, to groom you into thinking that you need them regardless of how bad that they're treating you. They're going to try to shame you by holding things over your head and accusing you of doing things, even if you're doing no wrong. It's like being in a stage where they're constantly trying to catch you in the act of doing something, anything. All right. And then what they're really doing is conditioning you to think that they're always looking. They're always watching. They're always checking on you so so that you won't do anything wrong. All right, that's a form of control. What they're doing is they're masking their jealousy and making it seem like you're the one that can't be trusted. And then they'll also want to monitor you to see who you're talking with. And they're constantly checking your phones and your social media accounts. But if you challenge them about it, they'll turn around and put the blame on you. They'll turn it around and make it seem like it's your fault that they act this way and they make themselves the victim in this situation. (laughs) Okay. So because of their jealousy, you'll end up having to limit who it is that you're talking to and the things that you're doing so that it doesn't look like you're doing them wrong. But by trying to be careful and and walking on these eggshells for them, it can actually backfire and it can make you look like you're the one that's guilty. It's a no win situation. (laughs) And can I just say this? Cheating is also a form of emotional abuse. All right. Now, I'm not talking about the one time, you know, a bad decision is made. Okay. I'm talking about those repeat offenders, the ones that will not stop no matter how many times they get caught. All right. The ones that don't care about your feelings and your emotions nor your well being. All right. They're selfish and they only care about them and their needs. And the job that being cheated on does to your self-confidence, to your self-worth, to your trust and all of that, it can lead to a breakdown of other relationships outside of your marriage, all right? Because you can take all that and start not trusting people, not just your spouse but or, or your significant other, but you can have trust issues in dealing with other people, all right, but I digress. Have you checked out the PTSD Wives Handbook? This book is for the wife whose spouse has survived trauma and is now navigating through mood swings, flashbacks, and mishandled emotions. PTSD can create a toxic home environment and cause a divide in the closest and most meaningful relationships. As a caretaker, the PTSD wife is finding herself at the receiving end of anger, aggression, and constant negativity. This can create a personal, mental, and spiritual health crisis for her. In this book, Coach Leah uncovers the hidden wounds of trauma and the effects that it can have on your relationship. Based on biblical principles, she teaches you the tools and resources that are needed to handle stressful situations and to seek help from the Lord and foster a deeper relationship with him. By reading this book and putting the principles into action, you're gonna learn how to take control of your life and grab hold of the power that lies within. Grab your copy of the PTSD Wives Handbook today by clicking the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. One of the greatest tricks of the enemy is taking a truth and twisting it to fit his agenda. Okay. Um, they may use that truth to devalue you. All right. Nobody's perfect. We all do stuff that, you know, we're not proud of, but I refuse to let anyone hold a past mistake of mine over me. I'm going to apologize for it, but I will not, let anyone use it as a tool to keep me stuck in that same place, all right and and this is a, a tool of the enemy. that's what they do. They try to find ways to use it to make it hurt you. They may use that past relationship or say something like, man, they told me not to mess with you. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have messed with you. you know and and they're tr- what they're trying to do is to insult your character, you know, and anything they can use against you. They use the insults to try to humiliate you and to shame you and to instill fear. It's like being bullied as an adult, (laughs) okay? It messes with your confidence and with your self-esteem, all right? And when it does do that, then they have you right where they want you. They want you dependent on them, okay? It's a codependency. Like I said, they need you, but they also need you to need them too, Okay. (laughs) The end goal is to get you completely dependent on them and to look to them for their approval and their validation in hopes that what you get from them is a false sense of security, you know, be it physical or financial or emotional. Um, Oh, And while I'm on that subject, <laughs> you can be abused financially in a relationship as well, okay? They can limit your access to their money and sometimes even your own money. They can keep you out of making decisions, whether big or small, about the household and both financial and non-financial uh, decisions, all right? And in that way, they're able to gain more control because they're, what they're doing is stripping you of your ability to leave them and to be able... Able to survive without them and their money. And this is why I say it's always important for a woman to have her own money because you never know and you don't want to handicap yourself by putting everything in their hands and then they turn around and use it against you. Now, I learned this lesson years ago. Okay. There was a time when my car keys would always be taken from me or I would be threatened to be kicked out of my own house, you know, and basically trying to control the decisions that I made by threatening threatening to cut me off financially like if i didn't do what they wanted me to do then they wouldn't cover me financially i wouldn't have any money from them all right and i'm not just talking about in marriage either you know, emotional abuse can come from anywhere, including family members and friends that support you financially. You know, friends don't really support you financially. They shouldn't, but <laughs> your your family, you know. And I realized that if I was financially secure and I paid my own bills and I took charge of my own financial matters, that no one could ever take anything from me. And so from that, I set out on a journey to have financial independence. But that's a story for another show. <laughs> That's a topic for another show. That's a good one. I got to write that down to make sure that I cover that. All right. Let me get back to my point. <laughs> my point is that codependency is addictive on both sides. Okay? It t- it takes two people to be codependent, and you can actually become addicted to the dysfunction, and at that point it becomes a cycle of abuse. So the cycle of a- abuse is pretty much this. You know, things are going to go great at first. You're doing good. You're so in love. You're spending time. They're telling you how wonderful you are, how fine you are, girl. Okay. Um, and, And this would be considered the honeymoon phase. All right. And next, something will happen to get them upset. It can be some sort of built up frustration, or maybe it was something that they didn't get or some sort of desire or expectation that you didn't fulfill, you know, and it can also be something that has absolutely nothing to do with you. You know, they may just want to take their frustrations out on you because again, you're the one that's closest to them and they know in the back of your mind that you're not going anywhere. So whatever it is, now they're upset, they're disappointed, they're angry, and they direct all of that at you. So at this point, tensions begin to build. All right. And the first thing that you do or say, especially if they've been drinking or if they're under the influence or any type of substance, you know, that is going to set them off. All right. So this is when the incident happens. Okay. Whether it's a mean or hateful comments or harsh words, um, Whether there's threats or name calling or some sort of shaming and humiliation, basically, again, they're trying to devalue you as a person. All right. They don't see you as a partner in this in this moment. They don't see you. They see you as a spouse, but they don't see you as somebody that's equal to them. Instead, what they see you as is the problem. Sometimes they play victim and they accuse you of the wrongdoing in order to justify the horrible way that they're acting and the way that they're treating you. All right. So now they're assassinating your character. They're attacking your character. Although they may not put their hands on you, sometimes their words can cut deeper and they can wound you worse than any knife. Okay. And that leaves wounds that are invisible to the eye, but they're damaging to the heart. Emotional abuse doesn't always show up on the outside. All right. There's no bruises or scars that are visible. All right. But it's something that's internal, something that you feel on the inside and what's going on inside is always going to manifest on the outside in the way that you speak and you behave and the way that you treat other people and the way that you relate to other people. You know, you're emotionally abused when you begin to isolate yourself from friends and loved ones, all in the name of being able to keep peace in your house. Okay, if you can't go anywhere, if you can't have company because it's going to set your spouse off or it's going to set your partner off, then guess what? Something's wrong in that relationship. You become isolated and you no longer want to do the things that you used to enjoy doing. All right. When you're emotionally abused, you find yourself walking on eggshells. There go those eggshells again. (laughs) All right. And you're trying to avoid anything that's going to set them off. All right. Let me tell you something. This is based on fear. You're moving in fear because you're worried more about what they're going to do and how it's going to set them off or how they're going to react to certain things. The problem is, is that their voice is in your head and you start to believe what you hear them say and, and you end up losing yourself and your identity and your confidence and you end up becoming dependent on them. Once this happens, you've lost your power. You're no longer able to stand up for yourself and do what you know to be right, all right? You lose yourself in the fear of them and become the person that they're making you out to be. Once you have lost your power, you fall victim to the plan of the enemy, which is to what? Is to steal, to kill, and destroy. At this point, you've let shame and guilt tear you down and your body starts to feel the effects too. This is why many people will end up fluctuating in their weight. You know, the weight goes up and down. Either they're stress eating or they're starving themselves because they're not in a mindset to eat. You know, this can cause problems with your weight and your sleeping and and pretty soon, anxiety and depression are gonna creep in. So it's usually at this point where I have separated myself from my husband. I, I don't want to be in the same room with him. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be around him. I don't want to talk to you. Don't call me. Don't text me. Don't do anything. So I put a wall up. We may go days without really talking to each other. It doesn't last long in my house. I take that back. It doesn't, it doesn't last long in my house. The, the days of not going by talking because a, a lot of times um, he will come back and he'll realize what he did. Um, And then sometimes it can take a little bit longer than the next day. (laughs) It may take some time, but eventually they'll come back and they sobered up and they know they realize what they've done. All right. It may take a few days. Um, They knew they were wrong, but now they're in a clear headspace to see it, okay? They'll apologize, and they'll be very attentive, and they'll be remorseful what has happened. You know, whatever it is that you want, they are going to do. And this is actually the best time to hold them accountable for their actions. They have to learn to manage their feelings without lashing out at you. All right. And they know this, (laughs) but they're going to try to get in your good graces. You know, they're going to buy you gifts or candy and think about, you know, ways to earn your forgiveness and hoping that it'll make you want to stay and not leave them. Because to them, that's the scary part, you know, to know that you have the ability to get up and leave is one thing, but to actually have the mind to do so, that's something else. All right. It means that you're not scared. And this brings me to another point, okay? People stay in an abusive relationship because they feel like they have something to prove, okay? Someone may have warned them before they got into the relationship and now their pride won't let them leave, okay? Fear what people think can keep you stuck in a situation that you don't want to be in, all right? Emotional abuse does a job on the mind of the victim, all right? And the abuser may have such a charming personality and everyone loves them, but behind closed doors, they're horrible to you. And nobody knows what goes on behind closed doors better than people that live in that house. (laughs) Okay. And you're the one that has to go home with him, sis. Nobody knows your struggle, but those that have been through it and can recognize it. A lot of times we look past it or we make excuses for abuse. We say things like, you know, it's not that bad or I can take it or he's not hitting me or anything. We end up taking the fault for everything. And eventually we begin to feel emotionally numb and we end up building walls and fall into a depression of our own. Oftentimes I found myself saying that I was going to leave, you know, and there were times that I couldn't afford to do it. And once I began to make my own money and pretty decent money, you know, I started thinking, I don't have to be here. (laughs) I don't have to put up with this mess. I can do bad all by myself. All right. And once I came into knowledge of who I am and what I'm capable of, nobody could hold anything over my head. All right. Like you can't threaten me with kicking me out of my house because I pay the bills where I am. Okay. (laughs) That house is in my name. And if I choose to leave, I have no problem starting over again. You can't take the keys to my car because guess what? You don't pay for that either. I do, (laughs) okay? I gained control of my life by taking back control of the things that were in my power to control. I was no longer willing to just let life happen to me, all right? One thing is for certain, misery loves company. And not just that, misery loves miserable company, all right? So I chose to put myself in a position not to have to be miserable, Eventually, the threats of the enemy, not my husband, but the real enemy, the one that roams around, (laughs) roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour, that enemy, his threats became ineffective because I learned how to shut down the ammunition he tried to throw at me. So how do you deal with emotional abuse? It's simple. You take your power back. (laughs) All right? So let me tell y'all my secret. All right? My secret is found in... All right, you guys, I hate to go, but I had to pick a stopping point, okay? There's just too much to cover in just the short amount of time that we have together, okay? So join us next week as we dive deeper into this topic and I give you some strategies and some scriptures to help you overcome emotional abuse in your life, all right? I want you all to be encouraged, be empowered, and be blessed. Peace, y'all.